Well, amen. Thank you, Sister Barbara. That was like truly wonderful, beautiful. That's so cool. Good morning. Good morning. How y'all doing this morning? It's good to have each and every one of you in the Lord's house this morning. And here's my question. Is he in your house? Right here. Temple, right in your heart, right? Hey, let's all stand. Let's sing together this morning. Can we do that? I'm going to take some of y'all back a few years, all right? I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Down in my heart. Down in my heart. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Down in my heart to say that I'm so happy, so very happy. I have the love of Can y'all do that? Come on, man. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. A one and a two, and you know what to do. I have the love of the. Bah, 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 bah. Just sing watermelon, all right? Just sing watermelon, and then it all works out, right? No. I have the wonderful love of my blessed Redeemer way down in the depths of my heart. Down in the depths of my heart. Down in the depths of my heart. I have the wonderful love of my blessed Redeemer way down in the depths of my heart. Thank you. 
Amen. Yes. That was different, wasn't it? That was different, right? Y'all have a seat if you can have a seat this morning. How awesome is that? Listen, we want to welcome all of our guests here this morning. Let's give a good Hardy Hills Church welcome this morning. Yeah, 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 yeah. And if you're here for the very first time, listen, we always ask you, there's a little card in the pew right in front of you there. It's got my, uh, my mug on it, but it's got my beautiful wife on there down front, Deneen. And so if you would fill that out, we kind of record your visit here with us today. And uh, if you've got a prayer request or something on there, just put it at the bottom. And at the end of the service, as you leave, there'll be offering plates at the door, and you can just throw it right on in there. That would be cool. But we just want to thank you for being our guest this morning. It's such an awesome, incredible time. Uh, for that and so also um, listen tonight very important night tonight for the church uh, we're going to have a meeting after uh, Bob Ferry does his Bible study at 6 o'clock to 7 at 7 p.m. we're going to have uh, a meeting tonight to vote for our bylaws amen that's really good Wednesday night we had a great turnout we had a great uh, Q&A discussion and all that good stuff over the bylaws and what they contained, and it was very good. And listen, if you weren't able to be here, I'm sorry that you couldn't be here Wednesday night, but if you have a question, right, and you want to ask, listen, see me after church. Give me the question, all right? Just give me the question, and I'll have an answer for you. Or I will get an answer for you, amen? So make sure and do that, because tonight we want to just come, come in. We're going to introduce it. We're going to vote for it. And guess what? After that, then we get to become actually Hills Church. So it's kind of cool. Finally, right? So we get everything sent off to the convention and all that good stuff. So it's really awesome. It's an awesome thing, man. How do you all feel about being charter members, man? Right? You're like at the beginning stage. That's kind of cool. You know, some people are like, oh, what's a charter member? Well, you're the first ones, man. You guys are part of the first body for Hills Church. And I think that's a very, very cool thing. Uh, also, listen, you want a, a Monday night, we have Celebrate Recovery in the house. I got any CR folks in here, amen, right? So we meet here at 7 p.m., and that's uh, from 7 to like 9, and uh, you got to come out, man. If you have a hurt, if you have a hang-up, you have a habit, whatever it is, it's for everybody. I think everybody in here can say they have a hurt, right, or a habit or a hang-up, all of us, right? This is a good place to be on a Monday night at 7 p.m., so I just want to encourage you to come on out. And check it out. If you've never been, come in at least. Check it out. It would be very good. So uh, let me see. Wednesday night, we have Bible study with Brother Gary. He's on our camera in the back. And Sister Deneen with the Women of Worth. You know, all you women are women of worth, man. And, man, you've been, you've been kind of busting out with your classes on Wednesday night. So that was cool. And, and Gary as well. I mean, all of our classes have been doing really, really well. And I'm very uh, pleased with that. That's very good. And then Thursday morning at 7 and Thursday at noon, we meet here in this sanctuary for prayer, prayer time. So if you're available at 7 on Thursday in the morning, I know that's early for some of you folks, right? Listen, it's early for your pastor. And I live 30 minutes away on top of that. Right? So I got to pack up breakfast and a lunch and a supper and all that. Anyway, we come here at 7 o'clock, man, it's awesome. It's a joy to come together, to pray to the Lord Jesus Christ together corporately. It's just really awesome time, and at noon, we also do that as well, so that's good. So, listen, there's something else I want to do, too, is uh, I've been asked, but uh, Brother uh, Carl has something he would like to say to everybody. Come on down, brother. Do we have a microphone we could use for that? Oh, are you going to stand there? Okay. Hold on a second. She's good. Yes. Amen. Take this question. Does God keep his promises? My God does. 
<laughs> That's so awesome, see? Folks, prayer works, man. It, it unlocks the key, man. It moves the hand of God. That's awesome. Yes. Yes, that's right. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, Brother Carl. Thank you very much for sharing that. Great news with us. Her name is Sister Shirley. Sister Shirley, so continue to pray for her as she recovers from uh, all that. Now, she had COVID, right? Didn't she get the COVID thing, virus? Yeah. Did she have the COVID? I was trying to. I thought she did. I thought she had it. I thought she did, but. Okay. Well, praise the Lord for that, too. How about that? That's awesome. Well, that's so cool. That's so cool. I'm glad to hear that. Isn't God good? Amen. Man, all the time, he's good. He sure is. He sure is. Hey, let's all stand here and let's sing together. I serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. I know that he is living, whatever men may say. I see his hand of mercy. I hear his voice of In all the world around me, I see His loving care. And though my heart grows weary, I never shall despair. I know that He is leading through all the stormy plans. The day of His appearing will come at last. He lives, He lives, Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life. Rejoice, rejoice, oh Christian, lift up your voice and sing. Eternal hallelujah to Jesus Christ our King, the hope of all who seek Him, the help of all who find. Lord, there is so loving, so good and kind. He lives, He lives, Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along
what we want, the Lord, to fill this place. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. So good to have you all here. Father, we just thank you and praise you for the mighty name of Jesus. We know, Lord, there's no other name under heaven and earth by which anybody on the good planet can be saved except the name of Jesus. For your name is powerful. Your name is mighty. You're the Savior. You're the, you're the inoculation for the cancer of sin, Lord, in our lives, Lord. You're the one that gives us hope that's beyond all hopes in the world. And, this, Lord, it's my prayer that today, as we go through your word today, that you show yourselves mighty in all of our hearts. Lord, in all of our minds, Lord, in all of our actions and everything, God, that you just show up here and just touch us, Lord, completely this morning. We just give you praise. We thank you, Lord, for our guests being here this morning. Lord, we just lift them up to you, God, that you would just speak into their hearts as well, God. We just thank you for all that you've done. We thank you, Lord, for delivering Sister Shirley, and you, Lord, you continue to make her stronger each and every day, every day, God. We thank you, Lord, that you deliver us, uh, Lord, from the COVID. Lord, you keep us safe. Uh, Lord, you've been delivering Gary and Rosalind and many other folks, Lord, who has gone through many different things in this place, surgeries and sicknesses and this and that. And, Lord, you show yourself mighty. You show yourself faithful, Lord, to each and every one of us. And, Lord, this is my prayer today, God, that we could all just kind of draw a circle around ourselves. And, Lord, we can allow your spirit to speak into our lives. And, Father, I just give you praise. I pray today, if there's anyone here in our presence, God, that has never trusted you as their Savior, Lord Jesus, that today before they leave, they'd ask you to become their Savior and Lord of their life. Lord, we just give you praise for all that you're doing, God. We thank you for Hills Church. Lord, this is a place to believe and a place to belong and a place to become everything, God, that you've called us to be. Help us to do that. Help us to worship you. Help us to be discipled by your word. Help us, which is to be taught by your word. Help us, Lord, to belong, to become, to become what? Ministers and servants of the Lord God Almighty, Lord, to other people. Lord, this is a hospital for those that are sick, Lord, that they can get encouragement. They can find it as a place of refuge, Lord, that they would sense your presence here, that you would touch every heart and every mind and every soul. And God, we just thank you for it all. For it's in Jesus' name. And all God's children said what? Amen. Amen. Y'all may have a seat, may have a seat. I'm going to do something a little bit different this morning, kind of unplanned. Um, let me get the girls. Violet, y'all come on up here. Come on up here for a minute. Come on up here for a minute. Right here on the steps. Just right here for a minute. I know. Last week there was some more younger people that were here last week. But listen, just, you just come. You just, just sit right there on that second step or whatever. But anyway, aren't they lovely? They're so cool. So, so I wanted to ask you something. I mean, my message today is, is kind of cool. It's something that's going to be really kind of cool. So you guys like fruit? You guys eat fruit? Wait a minute. You eat fruit, but you don't eat fruit. Man, I thought twins were supposed to eat, do everything together. Y'all sound alike. Y'all look alike. <laughs> I say there's a little bit different. So, but, but you do eat fruit sometimes? Sometimes? Mom make you eat fruit sometimes? <laughs> good mama. Good mama. Hey, good, because you honor your mama. That's cool. That's cool. So let me ask you a question. Have you ever tasted a fruit that had like seven different flavors? No? Never have? You never? What, was, what, what kind of fruit would that be? That would have all these different flavors, man. It would be kind of, it would be strange, wouldn't it? 
like it being Fruit Loops. That's right. That's what it would be, Fruit Loops. But, but you know, today we're going to talk about a fruit. We're going to talk about a fruit today that has all these different uh, flavors in it. And so, and I just wanted to kind of kind of share that with you. That it may, may maybe make make you think about this kind of special. It's a very very special fruit. And so, today as we talk, um, as the Lord talks to us, as the Lord talks to your pastor, and then in turn, then I get to share with you what He has laid on my heart. Uh, I pray that it makes you think differently about fruit. Okay, that when anytime you think about fruit, you think about all the attributes of the fruit of the Spirit. Because that's what we're going to hit on today, the fruit of the Spirit. You know, we've been talking about what? The Holy Spirit the last two weeks, right? Like, who is He, right? The person of the Holy Spirit, you know. The promise, He's part of the Trinity, right? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. He dwells in us, right? And we've been learning what? That we're supposed to do what with the Holy Spirit? Supposed to do what? Follow the Holy Spirit. Walk. The Bible says in the Holy Spirit, and you'll hear that today as well. So, you know what? So just, y'all got note sheets? You got note sheets to take notes? Okay, cool. Good. All right, well, you guys have fun and do that, all right? What's your favorite fruit? Um, kiwi. Kiwi? And what's your f- favorite sort of fruit? <laughs> you don't have it? Apple? You like apples? Okay, cool. She likes apples. Let's give it up for our young people here. That's so cool, girl. That's so awesome. Thank you for, for indulging me here. That's so cool, man. Well, I hope today that when we get done today that you'll have a different favorite fruit. Amen. I mean, that's, to me, that's the goal. This should be our absolute favorite fruit should be something that that Lord wants to uh, place in our hearts and our lives. We're going to be in the book of Galatians today. Uh, we're also going to be in the book of Romans today. And so, in fact, I would ask you to probably open up Romans chapter 7, have that queued up and ready to go. Uh, but when I think about the book of Galatians, who wrote the book of Galatians, church? Paul. Paul. Apostle Paul wrote it, right? And so Apostle Paul wrote uh, probably uh, two-thirds probably of the New Testament, you know, is written by Paul. Think about how important that is. I mean, had Paul had not written... If we don't have Paul's writings, we would be missing a good portion, a major portion of the New Testament scriptures. And so when you think about all those letters of all those places, of all those trips that he took and all his experiences and how he suffered and bled and in some cases died and was resurrected, I think, personally, when he was beat, stoned, and left for dead outside the city. So there's a lot of things that the Apostle Paul did. I mean, think about him being in prison, chained to a Roman guard writing these very letters that we get to read a lot of them you know the the prison epistles the prison letters you know and so it's a very interesting thing and so as we go into the book of galatians today i just want to give you a little background and when you look at the book of galatians it has six chapters the first four chapters in the book of galatians emphasize it's an emphasis in our salvation it really tried to, the, the Ephesians tried to really bring salvation, and it's that salvation of grace through faith, right? We are saved by grace through faith, and that's how we are saved. Grace is unmerited favor. Grace is undeserved. We don't deserve what Jesus gives us. If we truly, all of us deserve what we deserve to get, <laughs> we would get hell and we'd bust it wide open, right? Amen? Do I have a witness this morning? We all know. We've been there. We are, we're all flawed. We're all failures. We've been there. Listen, we needed a Savior, and Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He's made himself known. Uh, there, there's, there's evidence that demands a verdict in our life to know that 
Jesus walked the planet. Jesus lived on the planet. Uh, Jesus was actual. I mean, the Bible is also historical. It, it gives historical facts, you know. Uh, there's a lot of things that, that archaeologists try to find based on what the Bible teaches. And then they go there and find like the city of Jericho and different places, and they find it based on the scripture. So when we look at it, it is a reliable document. It is, a, it is an anointed document written by the Lord himself uh, as he inspired these 40 various authors to write down the scriptures. And so this is why we hold scriptures up. Uh, this, is why, this is why in churches typically you have a platform that's up in the middle and it's high because we want to lift the, the word of God. We want to elevate the word of God. You ever been in an old church that used to have like the little... Uh, I don't know, I would say like the little glass, you know, in the middle, and then it was up, and it had a little roof over it. If you've been in any old, old churches from, from years ago, you know, but, and the scripture is always lifted up. It's always high and lifted up, and, and there's a reason for that, you know, and because it deserves. This is God's precious word to you and to me, right? And it certainly is. So Galatians 1 through 4 emphasizes in our salvation about grace and faith. Galatians chapter 5 and 6, though, these are chapters on how to live the Christian life. And so, and we're going to be talking about that today, our walk of faith in the living Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what these chapters are today. The key of Galatians, though, is to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, we've been talking about the Holy Spirit for the last couple of weeks as we are, we're heading towards the gifts of the Spirit, which we'll probably pick up on next Sunday. Uh, but today, I thought, after we talked about the Holy Spirit, we talked about the person of the Holy Spirit, who he is, right, and why he came, and the fact that he was promised by the Father. Jesus himself said he would send another comforter, a helper, to help all of us. So that at salvation, the Holy Spirit, our helper, comes into each and every one of us that trust Christ as Savior and Lord of our life. The Holy Spirit comes into us to teach us all things, to show us the way, to guide us into all truth. And today, as we go into this, we're going to be talking about the fruit of the Spirit. Man, he comes in and he, he fills your heart with attributes of the fruit of the Spirit. Notice I said fruit of the Spirit. I didn't say fruits of the Spirit. How many of you ever heard somebody talk about fruits of the Spirit? Well, if you look in the Scriptures, it's singular. It's not plural. It's singular. It's not fruits. It's fruit. It's one fruit with all these different attributes in it. And so we're going to talk through those attributes today, and it's going to be really kind of cool. So chapter 5 is the foundation of how to live the Christian life. And this, there's a battle to live either by our flesh, right? Everybody say flesh. Or by our spirit, by the spirit of God that's within us. So it's either the flesh. There's a battle that takes place in every one of our lives. You included, me included, all of us. Flesh. There's a choice. We, do, we, either, we either bend to the flesh or we bend to the spirit of God that's in us. If we're believers. Now listen, if you're not a believer, then that spirit of God's not in you. And so, man, so you live according to what you think, what your flesh tells you, what you feel what your circumstances might be. But listen, but God wants to fill you with his presence in your life. This is why when Jesus left, he said, I'm going to send another one. I'm not going to abandon you. I'm not going to leave you as an orphan. I'm going to go take my, my place at the right seat of the Father in heaven, but I'm going to send another one who's going to show you everything, and that's the Holy Spirit, which we've been talking about for the past couple of weeks. So it's really important that we understand it. So there is a contrast between the flesh and the flesh, 
and the spirit in Galatians. There's, it's called the deeds of the flesh. And the result is sin. Anytime we operate in the deeds of the flesh, the result is always sin. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 17, listen, it says, For the flesh sets its desire against the Spirit. Capital S is the Spirit of God, the person of the Spirit of God, the Trinity. The Holy Ghost, right? And the Spirit against the flesh. For these are in what? Opposition to one another so that you may not do the things that you please. Now, the Word of God is, is speaking to us. God is speaking to us here through His Holy Word. There is the fruit of the Spirit that results in the righteousness and godliness. That's what the fruit of the Spirit does. So I have a question this morning. So bottom line is what, you, uh, is, is what do we look like when we are controlled by the flesh? What do we look like when we are controlled by the flesh? There's the deeds of the flesh, but there's also the fruit of the Spirit. You're controlled one way or the other, right? You probably met people or know some people who have been diagnosed with schizophrenia or bipolarness where like, they wage war with inside themselves with things. Same thing for all of us. Every person in the world battles. There's a battle raging in everybody's life, in everybody's life, and, it's, and, it, and, and, and the battle is for control of you. And so it's either your flesh or it's the Spirit of God. And so, and, or the devil. The devil tries, he battles for you as well. But the battle is, it's the flesh or the Spirit of God. And so we need to think, as Christians, we are pulled two ways within us. And you can mark it down, right? It's either the what? The flesh or it's the Spirit. The lust of the flesh, which is a strong desire to be bent away to do things that are wrong. You know, I think about a little child that grows up. You gave birth to a child, then the child begins to crawl and begins to explore and finds that they like that cookie in that cookie jar. Right? And, that, and he goes in that cookie jar, and the thing is, you know, you tell him no, but what does he want to do? He wants that cookie, and so who taught him how to do that? Nobody. <laughs> you know, he's, listen, it's the flesh. We are programmed to do wrong, and it all started back where? In the Garden of Eden. Actually, it started in heaven when Lucifer was cast down, God's mighty right-hand angel. And he got his heart filled full of pride, and he was cast out of heaven to this earth. The Bible says he is now the prince of the power of the air, and he wages war in all of our hearts and minds here. He tries to thwart all of God's activity, and I say he's pretty effective at doing it. But he isn't almighty, and he isn't everywhere, and he can't do it all. He cannot. He cannot be everywhere at the same time. So you think about a third of all the angels in heaven were also who had sided with Lucifer were cast down as well. We don't know a third is uh, however many angels in heaven there were. There were gazillions of angels. A third of a gazillion is a lot of demons that are here on this planet. And he wreaks havoc in all of our lives, and he gets he whispers little things of things that we should not do. And uh, it tries to get us and tries to influence us in every way. The lust of the flesh is that strong desire. It's that bent that comes in. We are naturally bent to do the wrong thing away from God. It's natural for us to do the wrong thing. But here's the thing. that There's the desires of the Spirit of God. The desire of the Holy Spirit inside is the desire that we have to obey what the Holy Spirit teaches us to do. Right? And shows us to do the way. Thus, the battle is always going on in our bodies. 
in our minds. In fact, Paul writes in Romans chapter 7. Listen, you're no different than the Apostle Paul. Apostle Paul was the Apostle Paul. I just said he wrote most of the New Testament when you think about all these letters. It's just incredible. But look at this, what he wrote in Romans 7. He says, for we know that the law, verse 14, is spiritual. He said, but I am of flesh, sold into bondage to sin. Think about that. For what I am doing, he says, I do not understand, for I am not practicing what I would like to do. He says, but I am doing the very thing I hate. But if I do the very thing I do not want to do, I agree with the law. And you'll see why. Confessing that the law is good. So now, no longer am I the one doing it, but the sin which dwells in me. Now when we talk about the law, I want you to think about the Ten Commandments. It's more than that, but think about the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments were given to the children of Israel on Mount Sinai. Why? Because they didn't have the law. And the law was presented to them in the Ten Commandments to drive them, to let them be aware of their sinfulness. Thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not lie, thou shalt not covet, thou shalt not commit adultery, right? Thou have no other gods before you, right? Not make a graven image, don't idle anything in your life, right? Don't take the Lord's name in vain. Honor the Sabbath, keep it holy, you know? Be with God's people, right? Meditate on the things of God. Those things were there to... <laughs> To show us when we were not doing it, to drive us, what? To a saving Father. For us as Christians today, to drive us to Jesus. We know it's wrong. Listen, God puts on every man, those Ten Commandments are put on every man's heart. They don't even have to be written down. God places them on our hearts. Think about this. Why, why do courthouses in, in our country sometimes want to get rid of the Ten Commandments? Why? Because it brings conviction to our soul. When we look at those Ten Commandments, how many have we broken? That's right, because the Bible says if you've broken just one of those Ten Commandments, you've broken every commandment. And, and you cannot fix that, which is why Jesus came. He came to fix that. He came to die for your sin and to remove it from you. He took the penalty that we owed him on the cross so that we would not have to experience the wrath of God by trusting and believing in him so when I look at this it says he says in verse 70 so now no longer am I the one doing it but sin which dwells in me for I know that nothing good dwells in me amen church that is in my flesh in my flesh for the willing is present in me I'm willing but the doing of the good is not this is why Jesus said that you know what when you think about it, the spirit in us is willing but our flesh is what it's weak I want you to think about that. That is, that is important. It says, for good that I want, I do not do, but I practice the very evil that I do not want. But if I am doing the very thing I do not want, I am no longer the one doing it, but it's the sin which dwells in my body, in me. And then verse 20 says, I find then the principle that evil is present in me, the one who wants to do good. For I joyfully concur with the law of God in the inner man, but I see a different law in the members of my actual body. And it's waging war. It's like a tug of war going on inside your life. Against the law of my mind, making me a prisoner of the law of sin, which is in my members. And then he says this, Wretched man that I am, who will set me free from the body of this death? 
Thanks be to God, though, he says, through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then on the one hand, I myself with my mind am serving the law of God, but on the other with my flesh, the law of sin. So who is going to set us free, church? Who can set us free from that? Only Jesus can set the captives free. Only Jesus can raise a dead sinner man to life. Jesus spoke, Lazarus, come forth. He had been dead for four days. His friend was dead for four days when he showed up. He was dead. He was in the tomb. It was sealed. It was sealed. And he'd been dead for four days. And Lazarus' sister said what? Lord, he's been dead four days. It stinks in there. You move that thing, it's going to stink it, right? And the Lord told him, remove the stone. And he cried out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And what happened? Lazarus came forth. Resurrected from the dead by the power of Jesus. Many, many witnesses. And then we know the story that after that happened, and Jesus wept because he could see the unbelief in people's hearts and lives. He knew. He, see, he saw you. He saw me in the future. He goes in on Palm Sunday, victorious. A few days later, they crucify him on the cross. Changed that quick. They forgot who he was that quick. And we forget who he is that quick sometimes. Amen? We do. The battle rages always in us. To know to do right and we don't do it, the Bible says what? It's sin. It's just that simple. In Galatians 5, verse 17, listen, it says, For the flesh sets its desire against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, for these are in opposition to one another, so that you may not do the things that you please. It's the flesh versus the spirit. It's opposition. And listen, the victory always comes by walking in the spirit. Galatians 5, 16, we talked about that last week. This is why it's so important for us to spend daily time with God. When you first get up, I encourage you, spend that time, meditate on him, pray to him, go in his word, let his word speak to you. I don't care if you, take, if you do one minute. Take one minute, open one verse. Say, God, speak to my heart through this one verse. Read it. Let God speak to your heart. Let him do it. The victory always comes by walking in the Spirit, and we all have that battle. Amen? Do we not all have that battle? We do. So let's look at Galatians 5, verses 19 through 21. This is going to talk about the deeds of the flesh. All right? So in order to understand the fruit of the Spirit, you need to understand the deeds of the flesh. And uh, so Galatians 5, 19 and this is what it says. It says, now the deeds, notice it says deeds, right? In other words, you choose to do these things. Think about this. You choose any one of these things or all these things or some of these things, but it's a choice that you make. You choose to do them. They're deeds of the flesh are evident, which are what? Immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, Jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these of which I forewarn you, just as I have forewarned you, that those who practice such things, he says, will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, when you look at this and all these different uh, attributes to the flesh, right, all these deeds on here, right, you can kind of group them. All right, and we're going to group them this morning. We're going to, there's, there's like four different groups. Actually, there's five, but the first one is, is talking about sexual sins. When it talks about immorality and impurity and sensuality, it's talking about sexual sins. See that? 
Number two, it talks about religious sins. When it talks about idolatry and sorcery, it's talking about religious sins. Number three, it talks about personal relationship sins. Personal relationships and enmities and strife and jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes with others. That's personal relationship sins with other people. Number four is social sins. Social sins, right, are dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing, right? And then the fifth one, I don't you think I have it on there for you, but it's, it's other sins. It's ones that he didn't even mention. So sin, there's, there's a lot of sins. There's a lot of things that you can be guilty of. There's a lot of things that you can indulge in. And when he takes the word practice there, he says, he said, those who practice such things. That's an important word. Practice is where you continue doing them over and over and over and over and over, and you never change. Now, here's the thing that I want you to see in this. As a believer, we are certainly capable, listen, of living those things out. We are, as a believer. It's not who we really are, but we are capable, right? You've all heard pastors who failed morally in the pulpit, right? They failed. Went on some love affair with their secretary or whatever, right? We are capable. We are, all of us are capable of failing. Is that God's design for us to fail? Absolutely not. But there are things that happen in our life that cause us to fail. And the number one thing is we get our eyes off of Jesus, the one who keeps us on the straight and narrow, right? So we got to keep our eyes focused on him in through our life. This is why I say it's so vital every day. Spend time. Read his word. And you say, well, don't, I don't understand it. That's all right. Keep reading. You will. Keep reading it. You will understand it. God will speak to your heart. Pray. Say, Lord, reveal yourself to me through your scripture and read it. And let him begin to speak to your heart and then write down what he tells you. Let it sink into your heart. Let him do that. Spend time every day. It's hard to live right when you don't know what the right God is trying to teach us and show us. And I want, you, I want you to live righteously in his presence. I want you to do that. So as believers, we are capable of living these things out. Galatians 5.21 says, And these things like these, of which I forewarn you, just as if I forewarned you, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. The flesh can never inherit the kingdom. Ever. The things that you do in the flesh can never inherit the kingdom of God. In fact, your own flesh as it is in our condition cannot inherit the kingdom of God. It's going to be changed. Amen? Amen. I'm so grateful for that. Anything done in the flesh cannot inherit. It's going to be burnt up. You hear me? It's going to be burnt. Everything you've ever done in your flesh, it's, it's like wood, hay, and stubble. That's what it is, and it burns up. But the things that are tested by fire, the things that you do that are pure like gold, pure as the Holy Spirit leads you, and you do things, and you live for the Lord, and you do those things, it's going to be tested as well. And it's going to be like gold and silver and precious stones. And listen, and when the fire hits it, it's going to just purify it even more. It's amazing. But the wood, hay, and stubble in our life will not inherit that kingdom of God, ever. And we're going to know about that. So those who practice these things, and this is when you continually practice sin, and you never change, and you continue doing it over and over, and you continue on and on, and you don't even have a thought 
about stopping or whatever. Listen, I would have to question whether you know Jesus or not in that. Because listen, the Holy Spirit is going to speak to your heart. If you're a Christian, he's gonna, it's like I share with you about my mailbox, right? Well, I went into that mailbox, opened it up, and there was that catalog, Victoria, showing all of her secrets, right? And I had a choice to look at it or not look at it, but the Holy Spirit was saying, <laughs> big boy, don't you look at that. And what did I do? I rolled it up, threw it in the trash can. I obeyed the Spirit in my heart. That's just one example. Every day he speaks to my heart about different things. Every day. This morning he spoke to my heart. I said something. I felt like I hurt Rondella's feelings. So I had to go to her and ask for her forgiveness and apologize to her. See what the flesh does? So easy to get caught up in the flesh. Even a pastor can get caught up in the flesh. But the Holy Spirit has a way of letting you know that you need to take care of it. Amen? Man, let that be a lesson for all of us. Don't let pride destroy your life. Don't let your head get so big that you can't ask for forgiveness. Don't let yourself get to a point where, you know what, you just harbor that sin in your life and you never take care of it. Man, I want this church to be a church that loves God and loves people. And if we're going to do that, then we've got to be real in the presence of Almighty God. He already knows our heart. He knows our mind. He knows what we've done. He knows where we're going. He knows our thoughts. He knows where we're going. He knows what we're trying to do. He knows when we're rebelling against Him, and He knows when we're walking with Him. Walk with Him. Trust Him. Listen, He has a great future for you. He has a great thing for you this morning. Now, sometimes people think when they think about uh, practicing, you know, these things of the flesh, right, that they are, they're either they're not saved, as I was talking about, or they're believers who do them. And you know what they do? They trample the blood of Jesus. They trample over the grace of God. Yes, they're saved, but they're, but they're trampling over the blood of the cross that forgave us of our sin. They trample over the blood of Jesus when they, when they do these things. And it's a terrible thing. And so sometimes we think to inherit means to go to heaven. And it's not really talking about that. To inherit the kingdom is different from entering his kingdom. When you enter his kingdom, there's only one way to enter. How do you enter? Through the cross. Through what Jesus did. Jesus did all the work. There's nothing you could ever do to gain entrance into heaven. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. He said, no man comes to the Father except what? By me in John 14, 6. There's only one way to heaven, and Jesus paid the debt. It has, it's taken completely out of your hands. You enter heaven through the cross of Jesus Christ. But you inherit rewards in heaven. You inherit rewards in heaven. When you live the way Jesus calls for you to live, as you're walking in the Spirit and you fulfill what the Spirit tells you to do, listen, you're going to stand in front of Jesus at the place called the Bema Seat, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, you need to read that. You need to mark that down. 2 Corinthians 5, starting in verse 10. Listen to a little bit of what he says. He says, for we must all appear as Christians before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may be recompensed for his deeds in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Now, this isn't, this isn't, this isn't talking about our sin, but it's talking about the opportunities that we had that we did not meet these opportunities. 
that God has in the Spirit. Listen, Jesus atoned for sin once and for all. Amen? Isn't that awesome? I mean, listen, he atoned on the cross 2,000 years ago. That's why Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. It's not I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. In other words, Paul is writing down these very words, and he's looking backwards to the cross. This is after the cross. He said, I am crucified with Christ. In other words, your sin and my sin, all of our sin, we can look back to the cross and see that Jesus took all your sin. All your sin is future sin compared to the cross. It's your sin today. It's your sin tomorrow. It's your sin in the past. And Jesus died for all of it. All of it. And so I want you to be encouraged this morning. You, if you walk in your sin, stop walking in your sin. Jesus took it from you. Believe that he did that just for you and be saved this morning. Knowing as your Savior this morning, he loves you. He wouldn't have done that if he didn't love you. And if we could fix ourselves, if we could fix me, if I could fix me, he would have never had to leave heaven and come and do that. He did that because he loves us emphatically. He loves us so much that he would lay his life down. He was God. He could have been rescued. He could have called 10,000 legions of angels to come down and take him and just waste everybody around him. But he didn't do it because he was on a mission. His mission was to seek you out and to save you. And that's why you're here this morning. He wants to seek you. And to save you. You haven't done enough bad where you can be lost forever. That he can't forgive you of it this morning. Ask him in your heart this morning. He's waiting for you this morning. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says this. For by grace, (laughs) undeserved favor, grace, he gives us grace. You have been saved through what? Faith. And that not of yourselves. It's that it is a gift of God, not of the result of works. You cannot work your way. You can't work the sin out of you. You're stained with it. You have no capability of removing it. Only Jesus can do that so that no one can boast. We enter the kingdom by grace through faith alone. Period. There's no other way. Not by works of righteousness that we do. We can't. If you live in the flesh, you will miss out on the rewards in heaven. These are opportunities that you miss as a Christian living after the flesh, you will not inherit the kingdom in the flesh. The flesh never inherits, ever. You want to hear Jesus say, well done, amen? I do. Enter the kingdom by faith. Costs you nothing. Inherit the kingdom living righteously and justly. And you'll hear him say, well done, good and faithful, sir. We must live by the power of the Spirit. We must walk by the power of the Spirit. And he says, and you will inherit those rewards that he has for you. If you live by the flesh, you will not inherit those rewards. Because the flesh, they don't don't even make it there. So what difference does it make if we are controlled by the flesh or the Holy Spirit? What comes out of us when we are controlled by the Holy Spirit? Let's tackle it. What difference does it make if controlled by the flesh or the Holy Spirit? Here's the difference. Number one, it affects your testimony. It affects your testimony when you walk in the flesh. 
God wants to take your testimony as a Christian and see other people saved. In other words, we're to fix it because you know what? If you live in the flesh as a Christian, then you look like an unbeliever. You look just like everybody else in the world. And that's what we do, even in Christian churches. Listen, people that are lost can see. They have a meter that comes up and says, fake, hypocrisy, hypocrite, judgmental. People, people, people see that. When they see you living no different than they are, that's exactly what they see. Why do they want to come to a church? Think about that. It hurts your testimony. You look like an unbeliever. Look at 1 Corinthians 3, 3. It says, for you are still fleshly. We are. And it says, for since there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not fleshly? And are you not walking like mere men? This is why Paul would tell us to work out our salvation daily. How do you do that? You got to get close to God in the morning. Get close to God in the morning before you get out of bed. Put on the whole armor of God. No soldier goes into battle without his armor. Put your armor on, Ephesians 6, 11. Put the whole armor on. Put on, put on the helmet, protect your brain. Put on the breastplate, right, to protect your heart. Put on the belt of truth to be able to discern right from wrong. Put on the shoes of peace to stand firm, right, to be re- able to resist and stand firm against the devil, to stand firm to know you have confidence that you are a child of the king because he saved you with his precious blood. Take up the shield of faith so you can hide behind that shield and the fiery darts the devil hurls will bounce right off of them. Put it on and put on the sword of the Lord, which is his precious word. Put it on. Put it on before you get out of bed. Then go get your cup of coffee, sit down, open up the book and say, God, speak to my heart through your word this morning. And let him fill your mind with who he is so you can learn about his character. And then his character can become your character. You can do it. It's a choice. You can do it. Number two, it says the effect, it also affects your fellowship. When you're in sin, unconfessed sin, it affects your fellowship with God and affects your, uh, with other believers. When I say fellowship, I'm not talking about your position of salvation. If you're a Christian and you're saved, listen, when you have sin and it's unconfessed, then you hurt your fellowship with Almighty God until you take care of that sin by confessing it to a holy God. 1 John 1, 9, write that in. That's, that should be your prayer. If you have unconfessed sin, you know, 1 John 1, 9, it says you need to confess your sin. He is faithful and just to forgive your sin and cleanse you from what? All unrighteousness. And then your slate's clean again. You get up, you dust yourself off, and you get on your way. And don't do it again. Do, don't, don't sin again. Sin's always a choice. Broken fellowship with God. Relationship is different. Sin severs fellowship. That's what it does. It makes you think you're lost. (laughs) I know I did. And number three, it brings results. Listen, it brings results. What comes out in our lives? If you're in the flesh, it's the deeds of the flesh that comes out in your life. That's what comes out. If you're operating in the flesh, then you're going to do the deeds of the flesh. If you're operating in the spirit, then what's going to happen? There's going to be fruit that comes out. There's going to be a fruit that comes out. I like fruit. Fruit's good. In fact, the Bible says you'll bear fruit when you're living by the spirit. When you're walking by the spirit, you bear fruit. 
In fact, he says you'll bear much fruit. The more that you're submitted to the Spirit of God, the more fruit that you're going to bear. And this is a glorious thing. It's a rewarding thing. It's a wonderful thing when you bear fruit and you see that fruit. You bear it. You don't produce it. Why? Because it's the power of the Spirit that produces it in and through your body. You're just a branch. And it hangs off your branches as you're following Jesus and you're making an impact in the lives of other people. Fruit. And it remains. <laughs> it's awesome. Fruit. So what comes out of us when we are controlled by the Holy Spirit, church, is fruit. Isn't that, isn't that what we want as believers? Isn't that what we truly want as believers to bear fruit? Galatians 5, 22. Let's, listen to what it says. But the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. So my question is, what is fruit? Sometimes we like look at spiritual gifts are different than the fruit of the Spirit. They're different. Spiritual gifts, listen, spiritual gifts, which we're going to get to next week, are divine abilities that God has given to every believer to serve within the body of Christ. Awesome. Well, we're going to get into that. That's exciting. This, this is why I'm doing this first, I think, is, 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 is needs to be done first before we enter into the gifts of the Spirit. And all of you as believers have a gift. More than one. A lot of you have more than one. I've seen it. I've seen it exercised. There's motivational gifts. There's ministry gifts. There's all kinds of gifts. And I want you to discover what your gift is. And it's going to be awesome. But the fruit of the Spirit, this is what the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit is the character of our lives that comes out when we are controlled by the Holy Spirit, our helper. The fruit of the Spirit is the character of our lives that comes out when we are controlled by the Holy Spirit. The fruit producing, listen, Spirit of God in us, it comes out. There are two different things, spiritual gifts and fruit of the Spirit. Listen, this speaks of reproduction. Like when you lead someone to Jesus, if you share your story about how Jesus saved you and you're led, listen, and, and, you, and you lead somebody to the cross of Christ and they give their life to Jesus, guess what? You're reproducing. That's a fruit that hangs off your tree. God used you to speak life into somebody else. Isn't that awesome? But it also speaks of character. Character. Fruit in our lives is what comes out in the character of our person, of who we are. It's his fruit. It's not ours. Now, we are living what we look like. All of us live what we look like. And you either look like what? The flesh. Or you look like what? The fruit. Which is it? Which way do you live? God knows how you live. This pastor don't know how you live. But you know how you live. And I want you to think about that this morning. Not to be condescending or condemning or nothing like that. Just look at the reality of your life openly in your heart. Flesh or spirit, hopefully you're living by the spirit. So a question I have is we are, uh, what are we like when we are controlled by the spirit? What should you see in yourself as the spirit works in you? This is what I'm asking. We have fruit bearing going on. That's what. 
Each of us in the room are capable of bearing fruit. Every one of us here are capable of bearing much fruit. God's word is true. He says that as believers. If we have trusted Christ the Savior with our Holy Spirit inside of us, walking in the Spirit, there's the contrast to the flesh. The Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit is the contrast to the flesh. Now let's dive into the fruit of the Spirit. Y'all ready? There are three sections I have done, I put down, listed of the fruit of the Spirit. A, relationship to God. Write that in there. Relationship to God. B, relationship to others. Relationship to others. And then C, relationship with self. Relationship with self. Let's look at relationship to God. What's the first one, church? Love. Now this love is called agape love. This is a divine love. It only comes from God. It's a sacrificial divine love. It's a unique kind of love. In Romans 5, 5, he says this, And hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been what? Poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has given it to us. Where, did it, where was it poured out? When Jesus hung on the cross? That was agape love, folks. He took the nails in his hands and his feet and the spirit in his side and he poured out his life's blood for you to not only cover you of your sin but to remove your sin forever and ever and ever and ever. That's agape love in a great way. In fact, listen, if, if you understood Greek scriptures, the Greek is very descriptive language. And it'll take one word, love, and it can mean like four or five different things. And I want you to understand that. And so that's why it's important for us to study the word. Know the word. Love, for example, agape. The first one we just talked about, the divine sacrificial love is agape. Another kind of love is phileo love. Anybody ever heard phileo love? Phileo love is called, is brotherly love, right? That's where the city of Philadelphia gets its name from. Phileo Philadelphia. <laughs> Phileo is the brotherly, it's the city of what? We know that, right? Phileo, right? And then there's storge. Storge is a partnership love. It's like marriage, right? And then there's eros, which is sexual love, where we get the term erotic from. This comes out when we live by the Spirit, these kinds of different love. Especially the agape love. So let me ask you, church, do we love one another? Do we love one another? Galatians 5.13 says, For you were called to freedom, brethren, only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh, but through what? Love serve one another. Through agape love, serve one another, sacrificially, divinely. Let God's love flow from your personhood, who you are. That's the only way that you can live the Christian life is God has to do it through you. This is what I'm saying. It's impossible for us as a person to do it. We've got to relinquish control to the Spirit of God in us to love properly. This is how we serve one another. In 1 John 4, 9 through 11, listen to what it says. Look how many times it talks about love. By this love of God was manifested in us, that God sent his only begotten Son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation. He, he, listen, propitiation means, means here we are on earth. 
Here Jesus is on the cross, and there's God the Father in heaven. Jesus has taken the wrath of God that is meant for you and I as sinners. He takes all of our sin, and he hangs on a cross and takes all your sin on his body because he had no sin. But he who knew no sin, listen, became sin. He became your sin. All of our sin he took on his body on a cross. And he was in between earth, us, and God the Father. And he paid the penalty of the debt that we could not pay. He paid it for all of you, for me. Oh, that's so precious. He paid the debt. Verse 10, and this is the love. Not that we love God, but he loved us, sent his son to be the propitiation. Propitiation. Never forget that. Wrath of God meant for us. He take, took it all on the cross. Beloved, he says, if God so loved us, look what he says. We also ought to love what? Each other. Above everything, love. Listen, we love God and others. We walk in love. We love as God loved us. The first and overreaching command, listen, overarching command of God is to what? Is to love God with what? All of your heart, all of your mind, all of your soul, all of your strength. That's the first and greatest command. And what was the second? To love your neighbor, what? As yourself. And that's not even as, you, as yourself. That's as you, as you love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, you're to love the other person like you love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. We need to do that. Love. Love covered a multitude of sins. Amen? God loving through you to others. Love. The second one is joy. Now joy is an inner quality. Inner quality. Joy based on fellowship with God. That's what joy is. It's based on fellowship with God. There is a difference between joy and happiness. Definitely a difference. Happiness is based on what? Your circumstances of where you're at and what's going on. That's what happiness is. See, I get on a motorcycle and I get riding it, man, I'm happy. Because <laughs> my circumstances, I'm, I'm riding on my big bike, you know. And I love it. And it's cool. It's fun. I haven't done it in a while. But think about it. Your happiness is based on circumstances. Joy is fellowship with the Lord. It's where you're one with God, not based on circumstances ever. But in spite, listen, but despite of any and all circumstances, you can have joy. It doesn't matter where you're at. Next one is peace. Peace is security and calmness. In the Greek, it means to bind together. That's what it means, to bind together, security and calmness. There are two kinds of peace. In the world, there's peace with God, and this is trust, trusting Him. Romans 5 1 says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Peace with God. Number two, though, there's the peace of God. The peace of God. Philippians 4 6 and 7 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. It comes out in our lives. This is all the peace of God. All God. Look, these are our relationship to God, our attributes, love, joy, and peace. 
B, relationship to others. Here's the one, patience. Patience. How many likes the word patience? Lord, give me patience. And you ask, you ask that something that's, you're going you're gonna to learn patience because when you ask for it, you're going to learn it. So he's going to put you in a position where you've got to learn that patience and you're going to operate in patience. What patience means is quietness, rest. It's a state of tranquility, right? This is where we are trusting wholly in God, no matter what. We don't move forward. We trust God. We're patient with God. The next one I like is kindness. Acts of kindness. Acts of kindness. This is where you do something for others. And it's controlled by the Spirit of God to be able to do random acts of kindness. And with that, I want to show you what that is. Brother Ron, Sister Elaine, can you guys come down here for a minute, please? I want you all to give up Ron and Elaine. It's good to have them here. Let me tell you why I want them to come down here. Because, because listen, this is their last Sunday with us. Yes, they are moving all the way back up to Rhode Island, correct? I know. And listen, I love you guys. And I think and it's, it's, it's kind of a it's sad because I can be very selfish and we want to keep you here forever, right? But yeah, I know you have some kids up there that probably, uh, they probably need you. They need, their, they need their grandpa and their grandma. And they need their great-grandma and great-grandpa, right? And they need you and you need them. And I just think that's an awesome thing. And listen, these folks here were so instrumental in our church coming here. And I always remember you're a charter member of Hills Church, right? And I remember that. I just want to throw that in there. I thought that was kind of cool. But listen, man, these folks here, this, listen, most of you didn't know how these guys were so instrumental. They were always here. They're always loving. Listen, they were very involved. Forest Ridge Elementary School, right up the street, they would do Good News Bible Club every week during school season. And they would teach these little kids about Jesus after school. I went up there, and I sat there, and I watched them working. And she'd keep all the data and everything, and they were so happy, and they just encouraged the kids in Jesus, and they would do that. That was their ministry. That's what they were doing. They were serving their community. They were serving these precious little children the things of God. And it's so awesome, and they, and they did that. That's, that's, that is, they served in an agape, sacrificial love. They gave their time. What's more precious than your time? They gave their time. So I want to thank you for doing that. Also, we want to give you something here. Hey, I know you guys are flying an airplane, so you all have to eat all this stuff pretty quick. <laughs> but listen, here's a little card, and then, and then there's a little, some goodies in here for your trip, right? But there's one thing special about this that I want you to know. See this bowl down here? Why don't you hold that thing? Doesn't that thing look pretty awesome? Yeah, yeah. You know where that bowl comes from, Brother Ron? You know the tree that you cut down out here? That bowl is made out of that tree that you cut down. <laughs> yeah. So Brother Martin, he's a master craftsman at woodworking. And listen, he made that bowl and wanted you guys to have it as a, as a memento of Hills Church, as, a, as a, the fact that how much we love you. And I uh, hate to see you go. <laughs> but I, we know you got to go where God leads you, you know. And so God is so good. And these folks are sweet all folks the all the time, all the time. So what I want us to do is let's pray for them. Can we pray for them and save travels and 
Just joy with their family when they get up there to be with all their kids and grandkids. Father, I thank you, Lord, for Ron and Elaine. What a blessing they are. And God, we're going to miss them. Lord, to see these folks work, Lord, in the Spirit, loving on kids every week, loving on us, loving on a pastor and his wife, loving on a congregation, participating in all the different activities and events that we had. And Lord, bringing them through tough times, but we could celebrate through everything, God, that they have been brought through. Lord, give them safe traveling mercies as they go to be with their family up north. Lord, we're going to miss them, but Lord, they're not leaving us, for we will always have them in our hearts. And I know that we'll be in their hearts as well. And they always would come back and visit. They've got a place to stay at Brother Phil's house, so it's all good. So God, I give you praise and honor and glory. Protect them from the evil one. Use them for your glory as they minister. How are they going to be with their family? They're going to minister to their family. I know. That's just the kind of people they are. Use them for your glory. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. Love you. We love you all so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah. So. Going to be missed. Hmm. I can't see what I can't see. But see how kindness operates? <laughs> Spirit of God. And you know what happens after kindness? <laughs> goodness. Think about this. It's doing good to others. That's what goodness is. Doing just what you just saw is a fruit of the Spirit. An attribute of the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 6.10 says, So then, while we have opportunity, let us do good to all people. Listen to what it says. And especially to those who are of the household of faith. You literally saw that lived out right here in your presence. Awesome. Thank you, Lord. Gen generosity, giving, doing good. Listen, folks, you've got to come on. We've got to come to reality. We're not here for us. We're never here for us. That's the problem with our society. We're here for us. Most people are here for themselves. We're not here for us. We're here for everybody else. Next, we have relationship to self. What about, a, what about us? <laughs> How about faithfulness? Doing what you are supposed to do. This was the right thing to do this morning. To love on our brother and sister who we're going to miss. Being faithful. Do what you say. What is right. Do what you say. That's missing today. Using your gifts and talents for God's purposes. We need to do that. Luke 16.10 says, He who is faithful in the very little things is faithful also in much. That's awesome. And who is unrighteous, listen to this, in very little thing is unrighteous also in much. I'd rather be faithful in the good things, the little things, than to be faithful in unrighteousness, don't you? Next, we have gentleness. Gentleness or meekness. Which, listen, the definition of gentleness and meekness is power under control. Power under control. That's what we're talking about here. Meekness is never weakness, ever, never. 
Never forget, it's powerful. Meekness is very powerful. You're connected to humility. It's not about thinking less of yourself, but you think of yourself less. It's never, never, I'm going to repeat that. It's never about thinking less of yourself, but you think of yourself less. Who's our example? There we go. He was God. He is God. He's the son of the living God. He is God. And he humbled himself all the way down to dying on a cross for you and for me. He didn't have to, but he did because he loved you that much. Get that this morning. Humble. Humility. Our life is not to look at us, but but me, but, but others. It's God's power under control to touch the lives of other people. Gentleness means humility. Philippians 2, 5 and 8 says, Have this attitude in yourself, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God and did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped. But what did he do? He emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming what? Obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. It's all about having the mind of Christ, folks. Jesus gave up his life for you, humility, even death on the cross. Jesus, whatever you want me to do should be our motto in our life. God, whatever you want me to do. And last but not least is self-control. So important. We start with love, we end with self-control. This is how you can tell you have all these fruity attributes. Right? This is how you can tell. You have self-control, then you can tell you have all the peace and the patience and the kindness. Because, listen, you have self-control. Self-control means that the Holy Spirit allows you to humble yourself and get underneath Him and let Him work those other attributes of the fruit through you. When you master yourself, or rather, God masters you. God needs to master you. Does he master you? It's opposite of the flesh. The flesh says, I want to do what I want. The spirit says, no, I want to do what God wants me to do. That's the difference. This is the biggest downfall for all of us. And not controlling ourselves. 1 Corinthians 9.25 says, listen, everyone who competes in the games, think about exercises, what? Self-control in all things. Then They then do it to receive what? A perishable wreath, a trophy, right? But we, an immeasurable, he says. Therefore, I run in such a way as not without aim. I box in such a way and not beating the air. But I discipline my body. I make it my slave so that after I have preached to others that I myself will not be disqualified. We've got to be faithful in the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit to live obedient lives as the Holy Spirit directs your life. Do what he says. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. Listen, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Are these things coming through or operating through your life is my biggest question. Are they? Is that what you're like? Is that the way you live? Is that what you want to be? Look how he ends his passage in verse 23 of Galatians 5. He says, against such things there is what? No law. No law. A law can never make you do these things ever. 
Think about it. It's love and joy and peace. How can a law make you do love? How can a law make you do peace and joy and kindness? A law cannot make you do those things, ever. There is no law that can bring these things to pass in your life. You cannot make up laws for yourself that says, as long as I keep these laws, I'm good. You can't do that. It comes only by the Spirit of the living God. The Bible never says to get more spiritual. Don't do these things and don't do those things. He never says that, ever. He says, walk in the Spirit and you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. There will be then all these attributes of this fruit will come in your life. People have done this backwards for years. We in the church sometimes do it backwards. We do it very much backwards in our life. Just give me the rules. That's all I need. Give me rules. What kind of clothes should I wear? What kind of movie should I watch? What kind of music should I listen to? And we dumb everything down to rules, and you're missing the whole point. The whole point is Jesus wants to rule and reign your life. Submit to the Spirit of God. Let God direct your life. When God's directing your life, you think he's going to allow you to go and have a desire to do something that's against his character? No. And so you're going to have to make a choice, though. Are you going to submit to a holy God in your heart? Or are you going to submit to your defiled flesh and do what you want to do anyway? Can we do this and be spiritual? No, you can't. You are spiritual when controlled by the Holy Spirit. That's why there is, there is there's a lot of sins, but there is one sin that's unforgivable and sends you straight to hell. There's one sin. It does. And when you deny Christ and his Holy Spirit, which is called blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, listen, when you do that, we insult God. We show contempt or lack of reverence to God. We say we don't need God. And that's unforgivable sin. Not even suicide is unforgivable sin. An unforgivable sin is when you deny God. You say no to him. You rebel against him. I don't need God. I don't need his spirit. I don't need the Bible. I don't need the word. And when we say that, listen, you're turning your face against a holy God who gave you life and breath and made you in his image to bear his image to the world. And we need to really think on these things. We insult God. So how are we living? What is coming out of our lives? You work it. Each one choose to. Listen, deeds of the flesh is what you work. A fruit of the Spirit, that's where you abide in Jesus Christ. Verse 25 says, if we live by the Spirit, what? Let us also walk by the Spirit. You belong to Christ. You have crucified the flesh. That's past tense as a believer doesn't mean you don't have flesh anymore. It just means you don't have to obey that flesh with, with its lust anymore. You don't have to obey it. You serve under a new master, and he's going to lead you perfectly into what is holy and righteous and good. And you never have to be ashamed of that. It's awesome. For the Holy Spirit is in you. He's with you. He's upon you. Romans 6, 5 and 7 says, For if we have become united with him in the likeness of his death, he says, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his what? Resurrection. Think about that. Knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him in order that our body of sin might be done away with 
so that we would no longer be slaves to our sinfulness. For he who has died has freed us from all sin for today and forever. In other words, you are sealed until the day of redemption. You are sealed, and when you ask Christ to be your Lord and Savior of your life, he puts that seal around you, and no one can take the seal. You can't take the seal off. No man, no friend, no person can take that seal off. You are sealed, and only God could take it off, and God would never take it off because that would go against the character of who he is because he loves you that much. You are sealed. So the charge for us this morning is to walk in the fruit of the Spirit. Right? Galatians 5 saying, walk by the Spirit and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. Understand the battle, flesh versus spirit. Get that today. When you walk out of here, <laughs> flesh and spirit is going to be this with you. And especially as a believer, it makes, I think sometimes it's the devil works even harder on you because he doesn't want you to affect somebody else's life. Think about that for a minute too. Then number two, let us live by the Holy Spirit and not by our flesh. Important. So here's the Christian life. The Christian life is this. is walking by faith in love based on the Word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit. That should be the goal of every person in this room. I want you to think about that this morning. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you. For the mighty name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, for the fruit of the Spirit, Lord. For we know it's one fruit with all these attributes, God. And all these attributes are in us if we're believers this morning. And Lord Jesus, I pray, Lord Jesus, this morning. Lord, I pray that every person here knows you as Savior. And Lord, if they don't, they don't need to be ashamed. They don't need to feel bad about that. They just need to give their life over to you, Jesus. Lord, you died on a cross for them. You love them. You don't hate them. You love them. That's why you died for them. And Lord, if they would just say, Lord Jesus, I give up. I can't do this life anymore. Lord, I want to let you deal with my circumstances. I want you to deal with my problems, my issues, my sin, whatever that might be. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart this morning. Lord Jesus, I trust you as my Savior this morning. Lord, I heard the pastor this morning, and Lord, he said, you love me, and that you died for me. And Lord, I believe that this morning, and I trust you with all that I am this morning. I say, Lord, come into my heart. Change me today to become your child. Help me, Jesus. I don't know what to do next. Help me, Holy Spirit. Show me the way. Show me what I need to do. Lord, help me find a place where I can know and learn more about you. Lord Jesus, save me today. I know I've done awful things, and Lord, I don't even know how you can even save me for all the things I've done. But God, Lord, you said all i got to do is believe in you and believe that you died and was buried and rose again from the dead and that I would be saved. So Lord, I confess you as my Savior this morning. Come into my heart and save me. I thank you, Jesus, for touching my heart today. I thank you for coming to me. Lord, I don't know all what to do, but Lord, I'm going to trust you to show me where I need to be and where I need to go and what I need to do and what I need to read and who I need to be. God, I'm trusting in your fruit of the Spirit in me, your love and joy and peace and patience and kindness. Lord, I want to operate in all those things this morning.
And Lord, I thank you for saving me this morning. Lord, I thank you for my Christian brothers and sisters here this morning that know you as Savior, Lord, but maybe they haven't been quite operating in submissiveness to the fruit of the Spirit. They haven't been exuding the fruit of the Spirit through my life, through our lives. Maybe we haven't been showing the love that we should love, that agape love. Maybe we haven't been showing the peace, the patience, the kindness, the gentleness, the faithfulness, the self-control. Lord, self-control, Lord, that is like huge for me. Help me to walk in self-control, your self-control, Jesus, that you would control my thoughts, my actions, my mouth, my heart. Control us, Lord Jesus. This morning we ask you to forgive us of our sin. And we know, God, that you're faithful to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me and making that way and putting my name in the Lamb's book of life and sealing me that no person can ever erase it or take it away. I thank you for it all. In Jesus' mighty name, all God's people said, man, listen, man, if you made a decision to ask Jesus to save you this morning, I'm going to be right up here on the stairs. I'd like to know about it. I want to help you. I want to pray with you. I want to rejoice with you this morning. And uh, the rest of you, we got a meeting tonight. We got a Bible study tonight at 6. More important than the meeting is the Bible study. Come and hear the Word of God. Bob is excellent at presenting the Word of God. And I, I think if we go to the Bible study, it'll make our meeting go better. <laughs> I, don't know. I love you all. Have a great rest of the day. God bless you. Let's give it up for the Lord this morning. Amen. Thank you all for being online this morning and watching us. We pray it was a blessing for you this morning and that God spoke to your heart. Thank you all very much. Love you. God bless you. We'll see you later.